So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H now will be discussing Season 4, Episode 1 of The Other Way. In this episode, we meet Gabriel making underwear for trans men, Jen, who is totally into Rishi the lawyer, not Rishi the model, Chris and Jamie, who already have a conflict that needs resolving, and from Love in Paradise, Danielle and Johan are married and can't decide where they're going to live. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class Dances, and Life Lessons. If you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup UK, where we'll be covering the new season of Love After Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think of something that went on this weekend, but I don't know. I just watched a bunch of football. So, Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> well, football is coming to a close, but we're just getting started because we have a new crew uh, for The Other Way. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I'll tell you what did annoy me because I had to watch football at the same time I had to watch this show. Oh, you did. Because it wasn't up on Discovery Plus this morning, the other day morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's weird. I want. I hope it's not like that in the future. But maybe they were just trying to get it together. I hope. I hope it was just for the premiere. I hope it's not like. I don't want it to come up on Discovery Plus every, um, you know, every Sunday at eight because I like to watch it in the morning while I'm, you know, getting my stuff done or whatever. Right. Well, also that defeats the purpose. I mean, we have Discovery Plus so we can watch it early and not have it interfere with, you know, weekend plans. You have it. I steal your Discovery Plus so that I can yeah, watch it early. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, no, you don't. <laughs> Anyways, uh, speaking of Discovery Plus, let's start off with our first couple who actually we've seen before on Discovery Plus. I think they did eventually air, uh, I think, the first season of Love in Paradise, but I don't know if they uh, finished airing the second season, which is where we meet Danielle. So uh, we meet Danielle, 42, from New York City, New York. She says she loves living in the city, but also feels like it's expensive and a struggle. She's lived there for 15 years and it's been difficult uh, and she feels like she's just trying to survive. Danielle is a high school history teacher with a side hustle as a health and wellness yoga business owner. She was a single mom at 21 and was married at 26, which lasted a few months. She had two live-in boyfriends, but she finally felt ready for love a couple years ago. She went on vacation in the Dominican Republic where she met Johan, 32, a personal trainer. Danielle knew the moment she saw him that she wanted to marry him. They are opposites in every way and never see eye to eye, especially because he's two feet taller than her. She came back after a couple weeks uh, to the DR and then he proposed. They have faced challenges like Danielle's spiritual beliefs versus Johan's Christianity. Johan also expects for Danielle to pay for everything, including a scene from Love in Paradise where Johan ate $200 worth of mini bar peanuts like it's no big deal. They also didn't see eye to eye on where to live, but they got married in the DR anyway. Danielle tells a couple of her students uh, that she is moving to the DR and they're waiting for Johan's visa. And then they'll both move back to the U.S. when it goes through. One of her students thinks that he might be a sanky panky, which I feel like we've heard on the show before, which is someone mm-hmm. who works at a resort and is looking for a tourist to romance in exchange for financial support for them and their family. Danielle is confident that she is making the right decision. She meets up with her friends, Sandra and Lizette. 
Danielle is planning on going to the DR for a week to set up everything before she actually moves. She can't move right away because she's a teacher and she has to finish out her school year. They're asking her what she's going to do while she's out there, and she says, hang out on the beach, eat mangoes. Danielle says she plans on teaching her classes on Zoom and teaching yoga on the beach. Sandra asks how she's going to pay for it, and Danielle says she's going to manifest it. <sighs> Lizette, I know, I know people like that. It drives me nuts. <clears throat> Anyways, Lizette thinks that that is not a plan. Danielle doesn't want to worry about the what ifs. Danielle reveals that she hasn't applied for the visa yet, and she assumes that Johan knows, even though she hasn't told him specifically. Danielle did tell him that she was planning on applying, but now she's had a change of heart because she doesn't actually want to live in New York. Danielle got a consultation for her pension as a teacher, and her leaving is a difference of $15,000 a year uh, when she is 63. Danielle doesn't want to be apart from her husband anymore, and she hopes that she is right because she really just can't undo this. We get a little background on Johan's situation from Johan. He doesn't speak English, but he understands some. He studies English in his free time, not only for Danielle, but for himself, because he's hoping it will help him in the U.S. Johan is excited to see Danielle and hopes that they will have a relaxing week as a couple. He says that he likes everything about Danielle, and even though they are from different cultures, they seem to understand each other. They have a joyful reunion at the airport, and they're being interviewed outside the airport when Danielle says that they have to find an apartment because they aren't going back to New York. And Johan does not understand what she's saying. In the car, Danielle tells him that she wants to find an apartment for more than a year because she doesn't want to move back to the U.S. And Johan is surprised that Danielle never wants to go back. He says that that's not what she told him. Danielle said it's because of COVID. Things got very, very expensive. And Johan just shrugs it off, saying that everything is expensive. But he thinks she's making it up because she wants to stay in the DR. Johan doesn't think she knows that living in the DR is also a struggle. And you work, work, work and live day by day and never make any progress. <laughs> Danielle also brings up the point that Johan doesn't speak English, so he wouldn't be able to get a good job. And he says that he doesn't know English now, which I'm like, good for you, <laughs> uh, growth mindset. Uh, Johan has seen so many Dominican success stories, and he's frustrated that this is not what they agreed on. Danielle says she changed her mind. And then Danielle tries to do the math with him and tells him that she's paying 4000 a month just for rent. And how are they going to live on anything else? And then that's where the episode kind of ends. So do you think that Johan really doesn't understand that uh, there's like a lack of money or does he really think that, you know, she's just, you know, lying about how expensive everything is? I think I think he thinks she's misleading because it's like, yes, that is a lot of money, mm -hmm. which you're currently paying to live there. Like, so if there's two of us, then we'll have more money. So I don't understand what the problem right. is, right? Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. The part that bothered me about her, we must live in the Dominican because it's too hot. There are other places in the United States besides New York City. Oh, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? There's nothing that says they have to live in New York City. They keep saying the United States, it's $4,000 a month for rent in the United States. It's like, no. Oh, yeah. And I was going to say, don't they always say like New York City, San Francisco are usually the highest uh, two cities for rent? Yes. But yeah, by a lot. And mm -hmm. and so, right. I mean, so yes, my not two places, I certainly don't pay 
two four thousand dollars a month to live in my apartment that's not yeah. in New York City, right? And if she's a teacher, in theory, there's a lot of states that have reciprocity with New York. Yeah. Oh, especially for New York, because you know, there's certain states where, yeah, you can pretty much teach almost anywhere. And then there's other states where it's like very hard to get reciprocity with other states. But New York is certainly one of them. She could probably teach in almost any state she wanted to. Right, right. And so he could work and the idea about like you don't speak you don't speak that you don't speak very much English. Like mm-hmm. like there's not a ton of Dominican and Spanish speakers, Dominican people and other Spanish speakers like everywhere that he could because yeah. he's not trying to go in he's not He's not going to be a Wall Street like broker. He just wants to get in there like get construction jobs and like get Aja. He, he, I think he wants to do manual labor, right? Yeah, yeah. So let me give you a little bit more context with the whole like peanut incident because that was really frustrating to me when I saw it on Love in Paradise. So what happened was they were like asleep and then uh, Johan woke up in the middle of the night, got hungry, raided the mini fridge and ate a shit ton of these peanuts and they cost like $200. And honestly, like the thing that frustrated me about that situation, I don't give a crap that you ate $200 worth of mini bar peanuts, but you know, it, it's an honest mistake. But at the same time, he had zero regret over it. He was like, what? I was hungry. And she's like, it's $200. And he's like, so? Right. You know, and he just expected her to pay for it because I think in his mind, he really does have this impression that everyone in America is rich. And it like frustrates me that there's a lot of people on this show that have this impression like that we... Americans have this endless supply of money and that, you know, we can afford things like that. And we're, you know, very, uh, I don't want to say generous, but like we spend our money on like frivolous things like, you know, uh, a midnight craving that really is just like, was that really even necessary? So it just it really did frustrate me that he just was like, whatever, you'll pay for it. He offered nothing like he could not pay for it. If she had like put her foot down and been like, I'm not paying for that shit. I think it would have gone down a different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we have seen that attitude before. And it's funny because it's one of those things that a lot of times turns into that person being like having to go to their family. Like, no, I can't just send all the money back. Like, I can't do that. I actually need this money. But yes, he definitely seems to be somebody who's like, well, America, you just walk down the street and people are throwing like hundreds and thousands of dollars at you. Like you just yeah. have to be there and that's all that, – that's it. Like I've seen lots of Dominican people be successful. All you have to do is literally be in America and you will be right. rich. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so I just – I feel like he doesn't have a realistic view of it. Um, and so that is kind of what's frustrating to me. And he does. It's like he's not going to believe her. He's not going to believe what she says because he's already convinced that, you know, there's the American dream and she's just lying because she's trying to get her way. Yeah. But I also think that she's fooling herself about what goes, how things, how hard things are in the Dominican too. Yes, that is true. Right. I think she just think, well, I'll just sit here and do my Zoom classes. And it's like, how's the internet there? Like, you're going to be able yeah. to do – are you going to be able to handle your Zoom classes? Because it sounds right. like he's in a pretty small village that he's taking a shower like by dumping water over his head. So like – Yeah. I, are we do, are, you know, are you going to run your Zoom classes from the beach and manifest money? Like, Oh, gosh. Don't even get me started on the manifesting money. Like it's – we were just talking about like uh, during uh, Love After Lockup, how we have someone on there who's just like avoidant of her problems. But she seems like the type of person that would also say manifest money. It's because it's like to face reality is to – 
I don't know, jolting for you. And then it forces you to come up with a plan. Like, I don't, it's not the idea of manifesting something that like bothers right. me. It's the fact of manifesting something to the point where you are making absolutely no steps in that direction on your own. Yes. That you are trying to just like be like, I'm going to manifest money. Well, where is this going to come from? Right. I mean, it's one thing to be like, like me, like I'm, I'm confident if you put me in a situation and I needed to get money and I needed to do something to make, get land on my feet and get money, I could do it because I would bust my ass to do it. Right. You're right? doing your part. <laughs> I, I want to be like, well, I think it'll just happen because I want right. it to. Like, Yeah. But I mean like things like, OK, I want to manifest positive energy. So maybe I would get more than I expected, like, you know, by working the same amount. Like, sure. Fine, you're st- but you know, worst case scenario, you're still working towards a goal. Yeah, I don't know because I, I'm also not a believer in positive vibes. Like, I don't think. Oh, if you think if you think good things will happen, they will. And I'm like, not in my experience. <laughs> that does not happen to me. So no, I work my ass off to get it. What you how you feel about it doesn't mean into the equation. Okay, so I don't have a problem with manifesting uh, if. You know, having a positive attitude and a positive beliefs is, uh, you know, what gets you through something. I'm all for it. But in a situation like this, it's like it's actually doing the opposite for you. It's really bringing you down because you're failing to come up with an actual plan. And so when I think like manifesting, if it's just, you know, to keep a happy attitude about something and like to motivate you to keep going great. I'm all for it. But if it's like this situation, like where it's just like you're just being stupid about stuff, then no, don't manifest. It's a bad idea to manifest. <laughs> yeah. I just I just always associated with like the secret and be like, oh, the secret is just to want things. And I was like, right. I have never in my life gotten something because I wanted it. Like, yeah. I wanted it so badly. That it just came. Yeah. There are some things I wanted so badly that I worked really hard to get. Yeah, but it just doesn't yeah, yeah. come to me. That's that's right. crazy to me. Um, as is eschewing your fifteen extra thousand dollars a year in pension. Oh, God. oh gosh, we were kind of talking that's about this before. That's one step away from I cashed out my four hundred one k to make this trip. That is real close to that. Very yeah. very close to that. Yeah. <sighs> It's almost like they're forced to be living in the DR, right? Well, that's the thing that bothers me about her is it's not a conversation. She doesn't want to have a conversation. She's taking the option away from him. Yeah, which is a bummer. Right. And she's lying to him about what she did. She lied to him that she applied for the spousal visa. And it's like, well, why didn't she just apply it so they have more options? It's like because she doesn't want him to have any options. And that's that, yeah, that's up. actually pretty true. I'm surprised that they got married in the first place. To be honest, like during their season, it just you know, I'm usually a little bit more hesitant about like, oh, this person's like trying to scam you. You know, I like to mm-hmm. somewhat kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. But it's like the stuff that he said. I'm just like. Yeah, he might actually like her. I'm not saying he doesn't, but it's like he's definitely thinking about how him and his entire extended family is financially benefiting by his relationship. Well, yeah, I mean, we saw him. We saw him. It was in flashbacks. We were saying like all Dominicans want to come to America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this right. is my ticket to America. Yeah. Right. Right. All right, so let's let's move on. Let's start to. I'm going to go to the one that wasn't in it as much, and that's Jen and Rishi. So for this couple, we start 
I think it's the only one that starts outside of the U.S. We start yeah. with the other person. Yeah. Um, and it's Rishi and he's showing us his hair care routine. So he's got a whole bunch of product he puts in his hair because he's got long, wavy hair and he's the only person around with the long, wavy hair. So that's like his calling card. So he's 32 and from Jaipur, India, and is currently working as a personal trainer slash model. But it, it, don't let that mislead you because he also has a law degree and a master's degree. He, he just didn't feel fulfilled in his work as a lawyer. So he started doing fitness and then you know, as, we, as we see what happens, we see him working with a client and he tells us that when he was working as a personal trainer, people said, you're so hot. You could be a model. You need to do this. They basically begged him. He had no choices but to go become a model, <laughs> right? And so he does and the modeling's going pretty well. So with his model good looks and as his work as a fitness trainer, he says he never really has any trouble, you know, getting ladies, uh, including his fiance Jen, who is 46 and from Stillwell, Oklahoma. Um, we switch to her and she we meet her working on an actual farm, slinging, slinging hay and feeding pigs. She describes herself as a bit of a nomad who has lived in six different major cities. So romantically, she says she's had a bunch of relationships, but she's always falling for the wrong type of guy. The ones who are good looking, but not good partners. But that apparently has changed now because she's dating a model. But it's Rishi. But she really insists that she wasn't into him for being a model at first. They, she At first, she didn't want to date him. And then they, he won her over. And they hung out a few times and things clicked. And within a month, he proposed. And she didn't even hesitate to say yes. So even though – that's it, without any discussion of their future. Nobody knew where they were going to live, who was doing what. It's all that. So she was supposed to move to India a few years ago, but COVID got in the way. So now she's going. So we hear from her brother, Charles, as her, you know, they always bring on one person for them to talk to. Uh, and Charles brings up that it seems like Rishi isn't the best communicator because there's been weird like spells where he just like won't talk to her for periods of time. And Jen thinks that was uh, maybe her fault. Um, oh not her fault that he didn't respond, but – she was acting really jealous and not – so it was more about a reaction to her jealousy than him being hesitant about the relationship. And she might be right because they do show us some of the intense selfie videos she sent to him. Like, oh, you didn't call me today. I don't know that you want to be in this relationship and you're serious about – like it's very staring into the camera and stuff. Uh. So Charles asked, how many total days has she spent with this guy? And it's better than some of the other couples um, to be honest. 45 <laughs> days. So Charles is skeptical and uh, she's worried that he might be right about Rishi. All right. So oh, how much do you buy some of Rishi's stories about how he's not really vain and self-centered and modelish? He's smart and a lawyer. Or do you think uh, we're going to find out later? I'm not going to lie. I am impressed with the fact that he is an educated guy. Uh, that being said, there's always like – you know, just because you're educated doesn't necessarily mean you're smart. But I do think it says something about you, right? I think it says that you have kind of the persistence to complete a program. Yes. That's, well, that's better than your that's what, average. That's what I always heard about employers, right? That, that right? If you have a college degree, it doesn't really matter what you know. We just know you can spend four years finishing something. So right. that's, that's a good right. And so like, to me, that's like, okay, there's like positive qualities there. Um, I think even what he did with his law degree, that's pretty impressive. You know, like he was a corporate lawyer, you know, is like, okay. So he's not just some slouch that like, managed to squeak by law school 
Apple because, you know, he actually got a decent job afterwards for it. Sure. Um, I do also think him wanting to change his profession to fitness, that also says something about him. You know, I'm really not sure what, but, you know, like we've kind of been talking about, you know, financial stability and things like that uh, just today, you know, between our Love After Lockup and this uh, podcast. But it's just it's interesting to me because if you have like a financially, you know, stable job, that is very lucrative, too. And I'm not sure how lawyers are in India, if they're the same as lawyers here, where, you know, lawyers can make a good amount of money, especially depending on where you work as a lawyer. Right. Well, and usually corporate lawyers, if they work in like for finance firms, they can yeah. make a very significant amount of money. Right. And so to go from that to be like, hey, I'm going to, you know, be a fitness trainer and now not have a shower to like wash my hair in. And now I'm like, you know, washing my hair with like a bucket of water, like situation like that. It's just like, eh, are you making the best life decisions or at least financially sound decisions for? And I get there's people who value things like their happiness or, you know, pursuing their passions at all costs, you know, where they don't want to do anything that they don't want to do, um, you know, like in a work kind of situation. So, I mean, eh, I think it, I think all of that says something about him. Uh, I, I don't know what I think to me, the good kind of cancels out the bad. Um, so I have mostly neutral feelings about him. I do think he is an attractive man. I'm not into his hair as much as he like you know, goes into like all, you know, it's just like, yeah, his hair is just all right. I just think it's, it's hair that's different than everybody else's hair around him. And so it, it makes him like unique. It's like all oh, that yeah. hair, like, Ooh, we don't see hair like that. Right? Yeah. We're used to seeing hair like Samit's hair. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, personally, I'm not into the long hair, I guess, especially if it's like, uh, you know, it doesn't have product in and it's like not really curly because to me, it just like seems kind of fluffy. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think guys are more likely to do that. Girls are more likely to actually like put product in or to like heat treat it to make it look a certain way, you know? Yeah. I mean, so. yeah, he it definitely is like man bunish hair. Um, oh, gosh. And you know how I feel about the man bun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just I, I also don't know about it because I also know that corporate law can be very, very lucrative. And it can make people feel very, very bad about themselves. Um, yeah. And yeah. so I get I, – I, I do understand. I can relate to him being like, yeah, I did that for a while and my soul was dying. So I had mm -hmm. to do something else. Um, right, right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, to me, it just – there's neutral, neutral feelings about him. Now, with her, I'm just like, oh, God. Some of those yeah. messages, I'm like, yeah, they oh. were very intense. <laughs> yeah, you're like you got yourself a crazy one. But then also makes me kind of wonder, too. I mean, she's an attractive enough lady. I'm not saying she isn't, but it's like if I were as attractive of a man as uh, Rishi is, where he's like, you know, at least from his perspective, he's like, oh, women are throwing themselves at me, you know, mm -hmm. everywhere I go, panties are dropping, you know, it's like. If that were my position, it'd be like, why are you wasting your time on someone who is that nuts? You're going to bring her over to your country? It's She's like, that maybe nuts. She's significantly older. Um, yeah. Like, it's mm -hmm. like a 15-year age. It's like a 15-year age difference. 
and she's all over on the other side of the world. Like, yeah. I feel like I would find someone, you know, more local and accessible <laughs> that I would, that was right. more chill that I would, that yeah. I could, that I could yeah, be a lot with. more chill. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, who knows? Uh, let's move on to Gabriel. So, and Isabel. Uh, we first meet Gabriel, 32, uh, from Margate, uh, Florida, as he is making penis molds, which I was confused about at first, but then it finally made more sense when he tells us that he makes transgender, that's female to male underwear, for people who have not had their bottom surgery yet. So his underwear has built in what he calls packers so that the aesthetic is correct and it's functional because pe- uh, the packers... Because Packers in general can fall out, but these ones are sewn in. So Gabriel says that he was inspired after he was swimming and saw a floating sock in a community pool that had gotten loose from someone's shorts. And he was concerned that it could have been his. But he's very proud of his product and people love what he has contributed to the community. Uh, Gabriel says that he had gone to Columbia to find a new supplier for his underwear, and there he met Isabel. Uh, They met at a mutual friend's house. They had immediate chemistry. Gabriel talks about how after a night of making out, he hadn't told Isabel that he is trans. So he decides to have a one-man – oh, sorry, this is separate. He decides to have a one-man pride parade. Gabriel says that he does it when he's feeling especially prideful, and he started to do that more during COVID because actual uh, pride parades were canceled. Gabriel started dressing in just basketball shorts when he realized that you could dress more like a boy as a kid. And then later, uh, when he was a a female, he came out as a lesbian when he was 16. Uh, When he was 22, he saw someone online who had all these videos about a female to male transition, and he was sold. So the morning after he met Isabel, he told her over text that he was actually uh, used to be a female. Uh, Isabel just didn't care. Uh, He then rented an apartment for both of them to live in in Columbia, and she moved out of her parents' house. Gabriel travels back and forth, uh, but he's soon going to make a permanent move to live there. Gabriel meets up with his friend Keon, who joined his one-man pride parade. They had met over a support group, uh, and Keon is excited for Gabriel. He just hopes that he is accepted by the community in Columbia. Isabel's parents don't know that Gabriel is trans, and Gabriel has to think about how to break it to them. Keon thinks that Gabriel shouldn't tell them before he asks for their blessings. Gabriel is going to get a tattoo from his sister's boyfriend. Uh... His sister, Monica, doesn't always get along with Gabe. Gabriel wants to prove to Isabel that there's some permanence, which is why he's getting a tattoo of her name in the first place. Monica asks if this is like representing another notch in his belt. And Gabe doesn't even think about the other woman whose name is on the back of his neck because he doesn't see that name. Monica thinks that Gabe is impulsive when it comes to relationships, and he's moved in three women into their mom's house after only dating for a short amount of time. Monica brings up Gabe not wanting to date a single mom, and Gabe says that, you know, Isabel's kids are older, so it's okay. Monica's tough on Gabe, asking about if he's going to take care of the kids or just provide for the whole family, and uh, we just kind of see that Gabriel's like, eh. So we don't know. Uh, So uh, there were a couple of interesting things. I actually, what did you think about Gabriel's storyline overall? 
I mean, I definitely appreciate that it's different than anything we've kind of had before, yes. right? Yeah. Um, I de- so we're definitely going to have different issues that come up. Um, I would actually I wouldn't say definitely. We have a potential to have different issues come up than otherwise and other stories. Now we could end up with the same kind of stuff we always hear. Um, I know, right? You know, the scammers and the the that and the parents don't trust them and the, everybody's jealousy. Like there's. Still very well could come up, but yeah. it definitely at least has a potential to go somewhere different that all the, that a lot of the other stories don't go. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I identified as Gabriel as one of the more likable uh, sure. people, mm-hmm. charismatic, very likable. But I also sense there is an underlining dramatic piece. Like, I feel like Gabriel is someone who can be real fiery. Um, under the wrong circumstances. So I could also see him as being the person who's like, you know, fastest to the bottom of our power rankings, you know, because of things that could happen. I mean, I definitely was like, I mean, I definitely parted me for, you know, my, since my my pro-trans outlook on life. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, please don't let the first trans person they have on here be an asshole. Like, because being trans does not mean you're not an asshole. Like, you can still very much be an asshole. Didn't we say that? Yeah, with uh, Stephanie Stephanie, and uh, Erica. And I mean, Erica was lovely. I loved her, but Stephanie was awful. And it's just like, you're going to put, and she's not even really, I wouldn't say a full lesbian. She's bi. And so, but it's just like, yeah, you know, are you, you're going to put her on the show. She's not a good representation for the community. Right. I mean, not that everybody is a good representation for any community they have, but. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's a lot to kind of have to put on an individual to say, you're now like the representative of your community. Like. Right. Right. Yeah. Like that's the, exact, that's the exact thing. You don't want this one person who's on this reality show to being like, you're representative of all trans people like now this yeah, is all but I on think your that's shoulders also but that's kind of a larger problem right it's like they do become the representation when you don't feature more people like that for sure yeah. you know and so it's unfortunate that that's what people's go-to is going to be especially if they don't have personal experience with other transgender people because it's like that's what they're going to associate it with right right i mean yeah it, it yeah, I, I, but I could see – I mean especially when he was giving me flashbacks because he did his whole pride parade thing, yeah. which is good for him. But he was he was giving me a, a few Jabri flashbacks on some of those. I was like, oh. Yeah, oh. I can – yes, I can certainly <laughs> see that too. Um, OK. So when Keon was giving him advice about when he should tell uh, Isabel's family that he's trans, what is your opinion on when it should be told? Before? After? Before, um, yeah, I think before because I, I I feel like, especially if you think they're going to think differently about it, then mm-hmm. I I feel like they would feel that you asked for whatever their blessing under, you know, different circumstances. Right? Yeah. They gave their blessing to something they didn't know they were giving their blessing to. Um, right. It, right. It. Because because you we're, we're assuming they're in the point that they're not going to be the most accepting people, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we could be wrong because he thought he was going to be wrong about Isabel, and Isabel was like, "All right, that's cool," right? Yeah, right. So he could be wrong about them too. But I can't. I I, I am just on before. If you think it's going to make a difference to them, then they need to know before they actually give their blessing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I liked his kind of conclusion to it. He said that he would tell them and then ask for the blessings. I mean, I guess you could kind of play it by ear and feel it out. If they reacted very negatively to the news, then I could see you holding off. But (sighs) if they're like accepting of it, yeah, maybe that is good timing for asking for blessings. It also kind of tells you something about like, man, if they react very poorly to it, is that 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 kind of changes your decision too? Is like, am I gonna have to? stay with the be with these people the rest of my life i mean it's such it, it it's just such a hard it's a hard road man to be yeah. trans and like man it seems like making it harder is just is is a whole other thing so going to where they there in columbia yes yeah so i don't know i don't know how that's going to go all down all down again because we didn't get to meet isabel right but no and especially because when we did meet his sister like he does sound like the kind of person that just falls quick and hard and then falls out of love yeah. almost as quick and almost as hard. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. We'll see. Yep. Yep. All right. So that brings us to our last couple. Speaking of representative people, let's hope we're not. And that's Chris and Jamie. So we start with, before we meet her, someone dressing up like some kind of rainbow fairy in oh, gosh. farm country. And we find out that this is Chris, who is 40 and from Haleyville, Alabama. But she feels like she's 20 and she thinks she looks like she's 20 or maybe (laughs) younger than 20 because she's really into like onesies and her unicorn onesie. So it puts her out of step strongly with the conservative Bible Belt part of the country she lives in. So she has two children and has been through two short-lived marriages. Her children are older now and she got clickbaited into an international dating website where she met her girlfriend, Jamie who is a Venezuelan living in Bogota. So she says that her first serious in her it's her first serious relationship with a woman. She's always considered herself bisexual, but Anne says she has a preference for women, but you know, she has indulged that preference from time to time, but like never in this town. She'll like drive over to the nearest bigger city and and hook up with people there basically. Um, so secret relationship with women before, but now she's happy to have this relationship she can be public with. So they haven't met yet in person, and even though they've been dating for over a year, it hasn't stopped her from making the decision to move to Colombia in a week. So currently, she's living at her mom's house with her kids, Star, who's 23, and Dane, who is 18. So they are open about the relationship, and but not crazy about her moving. They talk about the situation, and we find out that she's getting married nine days after she gets to Colombia. So the kids think it's crazy, but Chris isn't worried about it at all. So we get a conversation of a lot of the typical what ifs that quickly changes to her talking about how she wants to do this now because Jamie had a really serious bout with COVID, was in the hospital. And Star, Star and Dane are, seem very skeptical of the situation. But Chris says she's not going to risk losing her again. So then we go to Bogota so we can meet Jamie, who is trying some lingerie to wear for Chris. So she's 30 and left Venezuela five years ago because – not just because of a terrible economy, which is somebody else we've seen, right? Um, before we've seen that, and is, but also because Venezuela is a lot less open uh, to gay people. So Jamie is very adamant that she is a lesbian. She says lesbian like five times, so she's not mm-hmm. bisexual at all. She's just a lesbian, even though she has had boyfriends. But you know, when she had boyfriends, there were never any orgasms, so that couldn't mm-hmm. be it. So she said she was unhappy, and she finally went to therapy, and the th- and the therapist had mentioned do you think maybe you're a lesbian? And that was kind of when the light bulb went in over her head. And she's like, yes, that is it. I got it. <laughs> so she is out to all her friends, but not her parents because they believe they won't accept it. So she hasn't had an official girlfriend yet before Chris. So 
her friends had convinced her to try the international dating website where she met Chris. So we already know that they are meeting in a few days and we see her talk to her friends, Andrea and Maria. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's some personal connections to me, for me there. So we have the standard first episode conversation. Their concern was that Chris had ghosted her from time to time. So is she really serious? So that's the first we heard of that. And also there was a girl from Texas that she was messing around with while Chris was missing. And I think this girl like from Texas was either there or was the coming or the, I was confused about what the situation was. So Jamie says she was in a hurt and jealous rebellion about this and that won't happen ever again. That's where the girl from Texas came in. She thinks they've been through ups and downs. So Chris is the one for her. So back with Chris, who is tearing down a uh, wallpaper in a house when her mom comes in. We hear she's living in her mom's house. We hear why? Because the house, her house burned and that burned to the ground, but burned in the inside and destroyed. And it needs an intense amount of rehab work. So she wants to get it ready to be able to be rented out to like three – is it like three different units? But that's not going to happen before she can leave. And she also has another property that she's trying to unload. So there's a lot of things going on because she used to have two jobs before but now she has none. She's unemployed. So her mom, Mona, is also yeah, leery about this whole thing because – this to her, it seems like this dating women thing came out of nowhere. So she doesn't judge though and hopes that it brings Chris happiness, but she worries about things like who's going to take care of her, especially the fact that she has narcolepsy, which is something that she's not sure that, you know, we're not sure how much Jamie is going to be able to handle. So also is the issue of that thing. And then they bring up that, that, that Jamie was talking to that other woman who Chris found out about because that other woman texted her. Mm -hmm. through a, a message and then there was like a fight and there were screenshots shared and all of this while this is going on. Another new thing we learned here was that Chris was sending her money at the time because, you know, she was sick with COVID. Yeah. Which uh, she may not have been because apparently she was going to work the whole time she was yeah. sick with COVID. She was quote unquote yeah. sick with COVID. So Mona's worst fears that this entire relationship is a scam to get Chris's money. So I, I don't know. What's your take on this? The COVID situation seemed the weirdest part to me. Like, did she have COVID and almost die or did she not have COVID and almost no, die? No, I think she didn't. I, I believe the other person, like, she was going to work and trying to, like, basically double dip. Um, honestly, though, I, you know, Chris, we didn't really hear her side of the story of why she ghosted or whatever. But I believe that she did ghost for whatever reason. Oh, I believe and, that too. Sure. Yeah. And I think that that's part of the reason why uh, Jamie doesn't feel bad about scamming her out of the COVID money, you know, and does that make a difference like how she feels about her long term or anything like that? No, I think she does generally like her because otherwise, like, why would, you know, Jamie be moving or Chris be moving out there to be with her? But I do think they've definitely had a rough patch in their relationships. And so they were just kind of like, you know, I think that Jamie really felt hurt. And that's why she was trying to scam her out of money. I just I don't know that the rough patch in their relationship is actually as behind them as both of them want to think it is. Oh, oh, I absolutely agree with you. <laughs> it sounds like Jamie was really, really hurt that Chris like ghosted her. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she was having a relationship with someone else because of it. And, you know, I just 
I almost want to say that it could be that she, uh, Jamie kind of presented like the COVID situation, like, oh, I'll get her to talk to me if she feels sorry for me, you know? Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. So like weird manipulation. But it seemed weird that the other woman and they literally like screenshotted text messages and put other woman above the text message. But like, like the other woman came to Jamie, but then we came to Chris with what was there, but wasn't like, oh, I think this girl is scamming both of us as much as she was like, uh, I found out she had another girlfriend and you should leave her alone because she's mine now. <laughs> and yes. then she obviously wasn't. Yeah, like, right, right. So I don't know. Um, I would be not shocked at all if Jamie was still talking to Miss Texas. Sure. Uh, I could see that happening, you know, and it just seems like, I don't know, maybe Jamie is playing a game in all of this. I mean, she could be. I mean, I, I think she, she, the way she kind of put out her story, she seems really excited to have an actual open gay relationship that mm-hmm. she's never had before, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. like – and if Chris is playing these weird cagey games yes. and like – She's coming up with backups. She's coming up with backup plans. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, Jamie is a little bit more sympathetic. I feel like in this situation, because like I said, like what's what's up with the ghosting? Like no explanation, nothing. Yeah. And the thing is, is I I definitely got the impression that I think part of the reason Chris was sending money was because I feel like she knew she was in the wrong with the ghosting for whatever reason it was. Yeah. And so it was much easier to guilt trip her into sending money. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So uh, we have seen four couples and you're telling me there's another two? There are another two. Um, I don't know what their names are, but I saw six people before. So we still got two more coming along. Yep. Okay. So uh, who was your student of the week then? Uh, I went with Gabriel. Just he seemed like of the people he met, probably the most likable so far. Now, yeah. The might totally that might flip on us as we go along, but for the first episode, he seemed like the most likable person. I feel like I agree with you. Um, yeah, he was fun. Uh, what about your dunce? Uh, I I said Danielle just for you know having not had the background um, from the Love in Paradise because I didn't watch it. Just yeah. the idea of it, she wants to go down there and dictate the terms of the relationship to the point where she lies to make sure he doesn't have any options was very gross. And yeah. then being dumped about her money was bothering me too. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I actually went with uh, Chris just because okay. of the ghosting thing. It's like, come on, you know? It's like, did you decide to unghost her because you applied for the show and then found out you were going to be on it? Yeah. So yeah. So that's my that brings me to my life lesson because my life lesson is we saw a couple of people who had ghosting issues and like that's. A red, red, red flag. Like oh, you have to absolutely. be with anybody who just ghosts you in the middle of a relationship. That mm-hmm. is not somebody – that is not the sign of someone who is really into this and really wants to be with you. So you yeah. have to be very, very careful of anybody who randomly ghosts you in the middle of a relationship. Yeah. Um, okay. So my life lesson uh, actually uh, was in support of a couple of uh, women on this this episode if you're going to do something wild when it comes to dating like move to another country do it when your kids are adults so we had chris that had adult kids uh danielle that had adult kids but we've Mm -hmm. certainly seen others on this show like devin 
Devin oh, Jihoon, yeah. where they're trying they're trying to drag their young children along with them. Um, you know, so it's like, well, good for you. You got some people on the show that have adult children that, you know, they're not trying to drag in any yeah, minors. Even if they are 18, which is technically adult, but they don't have yeah. to come with you, right? Right, right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're just getting started with this group. What did you think so far overall of this episode? I mean, so far, I think we have a lot of setup for conflict. <laughs> Yeah. among pretty much I, I everybody. So um, it just seems like everybody is ready to fight already. Like I I, yeah. I don't think – like Chris and Jamie, I think what went down is going to come up real fast right, when they get down right. there, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean these people so far, at least half of them are somewhat likable. Uh, the other half are either neutral or eh, there's a couple in there. Yeah, I definitely wonder how much it is because I, I – I, yes, the Chris Jamie one I think is going to be really interesting because I think personality-wise, I think mm-hmm. so far what we've seen is Jamie has a much more bubbly, appealing personality than Chris who seems like kind of a – as much as she dresses up like a fairy and right, a unicorn. Right, I was say. Right? Yeah. She, yeah. When she talks to her kids and stuff, she just kind of – she has kind of a little bit of an Eeyore um, yeah. way of talking and so it, it's it's – you know, going to be much more appealing to take Jamie's side on things. Um, but I, 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 I'm really excited to meet Isabel when we get down for, for Gabriel and we'll see how that goes. But mm-hmm. I mean, Danielle and Johan, it seems to already have been a shit show that got married and is going to continue to shit show. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They're exactly, that's exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. All right. So until uh, next week, uh, yep. we will see you all then when there all will right. be more shit showing happening. <laughs> exactly. See everybody okay. then. Until then. Bye. Okay, bye.